0: And we're recording. Hello everybody. Martin, tell me how you doing?
1: Well, I've recovered quite well from getting my butt kicked last week. Yeah, Santa
0: Claus came down the (laughs) chimney and fucked this guy up for some of the shit he was saying on the podcast. Santa (laughs) Claus, listen now santa claus listens to ministry modus if you didn't know people and he's like ho 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 martin i'm gonna beat your ass ho, ho, ho. run your fucking mouth again pastor chad motherfucker oh, ho, ho. Uh,
1: speaking of uh, running um i i've been wanting a comeback fighting at santa claus so i've been running uh miles so Last week, I ran 10 miles, and now I'm on a track to run uh, so far two miles well this done. week. But of course, the majority of the week's not over yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get back in shape, man. I'm trying to lose these pounds so I can get in fighting shape, so I can whip Santa Claus's red ass.
0: <laughs> you want round two, bitch? Let's go.
1: <laughs> Knowing my luck, though, he'd have me box elf. And, uh, I, elves are short, I think, so they would be pretty hard to fight. Who would you rather fight?
0: A short elf or like a really, really tall elf? Like the ones from the Elder Scrolls? Ooh, tall. You'd rather fight a high elf than a wood elf? Yeah. <laughs> a high okay. Elf. E- explain your the, reason.
1: The well, reason why is because, I mean, for a tall person, I'd work the body.
0: Okay. That makes sense.
1: And if they were tall enough, I'd punch them in the dick. In the dick? Oh yeah. Okay. So
0: you're not afraid of the reach?
1: No. Oh, no, 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 Uh no. I I'd slip and yeah, I'm good on that. See, that's the thing
0: too. I actually agree with. Like if I had to fight a guy taller than me versus a guy shorter than me, I'm going to fight the guy taller than me. I'm more afraid of the smaller guys like center of gravity. Being much lower than mine, and if he if he can get past my reach, I'm fucked. <laughs> I feel like I'm fucked if he can get around the reach.
1: Well, yeah, it depends though. But if you know how to use your jab and keep your distance, then it should be easy.
0: Yeah, still, that feels like.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's uh that's a habit I have is uh, pawing my jab out there to gauge my distance. <laughs> <It's like laughs> so the- it'll just be out there even if I'm not punching. Feels like, the,
0: feels like the boxing equivalent to when you're playing, like, uh here's a gamer moment, folks. Like, when you're playing Age of Empires 2, and you're playing as the Britons, and you decide that you want to have a bunch of archers. Because, you know, the Britons have very good archers in that game. Oh, yeah. Whether it's the Elite Longbowmen or the Arbalests. I mean, the good... I mean, the plus sides to that is it—you that get really great range and all that, right? Oh yeah. But if they can get in just one Meganel, just one Siege Onager, oh, you're gonna lose a lot of boys.
1: Huh. You know what? You brought up an interesting question. Yeah. Age Empires three. Three. So I, I haven't been playing much over the break. I played like two games, and that was it. Cause that's all I had time for. But I played as the United States of America.
0: Oh really? You play
1: as the Yankees? Yeah, but I was wondering something though. I'm like, how come they don't have slavery as like a technology you can uh, (laughs) research? Uh, (laughs) Very
0: good question. I'm seeing. I mean, this country of slavery, like, Uh, yeah. Everything. I mean, then again, though, like, can you imagine headlines on that? Wouldn't (laughs) the other countries also have to be able to access slavery? Well, like, but like Mexico would have to have it. The the Great Britain definitely would. France, Portugal. Is Portugal even in this fucking game? I don't remember. But oh yeah,
1: It's there. They started the transatlantic slave trade. This fucking yeah. Portuguese.
0: Spanish. I'm um, pretty sure the Dutch got involved too. Yeah, the Dutch definitely got involved. Uh, yeah, Germans did as well. <laughs> That's pretty much like 80% of the like faction roster of the game, just accessing the slavery tech jesus oh, christ
1: well dude check this out man um i've been listening to a podcast um called teaching hard history while i run so oh. when i run i also yeah. learn
0: yeah yeah and,
1: uh, oh no, go so, oh my gosh dude um i'm learning so much about slavery like not only about because well the last podcast i listened to was about slavery and how it affected the northern economy I mean, think about it. It wasn't just a southern thing. The northerners benefited from slavery, too, even if they didn't have actual slaves at a certain point. Like, think about it. Mm-hmm. Who made the ships to go on the transatlantic slave trade? Well, yeah. Who, created, who made the shackles? It, yeah. Wow,
0: man. And on top of that, too, I mean, I'm sure in the north, there was, like, plenty of, uh, like, factories that used slavery produced cotton and their products oh, oh
1: yeah that's another thing they talked about in the podcast too cotton and, the, and there was check this out JP Morgan's family mm-hmm. and we're going way back y'all you say JP Morgan at had a bank well he was a dude his family so his family got rich and I so not JP Morgan himself but I think his grandfather but his ancestors what I'm trying to say got rich from making got rich from cotton that was harvested by slaves. I mean, no one is innocent in this country. This country was founded on... I mean, slavery affected every facet of life, it seemed like. Economic, at least. And social, at least, down in the South. I mean, every facet. Mm, good point. I, I want to drop a freaking... Preach. I want to preach like Paul in Romans. There is not one innocent, not one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Preach. My gosh, man, they got me. They got me preaching like Paul over here. That's how angry I am.
0: Imagine you listening to this podcast getting progressively angrier while you're running at the same time, like, oh, these motherfuckers. Oh, if I could go back in time, I'm going (laughs) to beat all their fucking asses.
1: If I go back in time, I would join Nat Turner. If he wouldn't have killed me, of course, because, you know, I'm white. Just give give him a bazooka
0: and he'll consider you good.
1: (laughs) No, I'm going to join John Brown, though. (laughs) John Brown.
0: Okay, that's an even better one to join. Hell
1: yeah. Let's go to Harper's Ferry and just get some. Let's arm some sl- some enslaved people
0: <laughs> with bazookas.
1: With bazookas, man, we it, it'll be an action movie. It's
0: like here, has, here's how you fucking use it. Just watch where you're shooting from the back. Make sure you got enough space pointed at that thing, and watch it go. <laughs> Shit, slaves would have just liberated themselves at that point.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you were also talking to me about you wanted to do an uh, episode on the Haitian Revolution.
0: Yeah, I've been thinking about doing that one for quite a while. Um, Oh, yeah. we can go deep in that one, man. Yeah, I mentioned it once before in a previous podcast of wanting to do a series about the Haitian Revolution, and we probably will. Um, But yeah, I remember because I was like editing some audio yesterday or the day before and it came up. I'm like, damn, this would be fun to learn about and do
1: episodes about. Oh, I'm down for that. Uh, and then we can go multiple episodes. I mean, and you can't talk, and and even the heroes of the Haitian Revolution, at least, uh, oh God, here we go again with names. Uh, Toussaint Louverture. I'm going to say Toussaint Louverture because I'm an American. Yeah. And I don't want to have to speak French.
0: <laughs> Pretty sure that's right.
1: Toussaint Louverture. Toussaint hmm right. But anyway, even Toussaint Louverture was a slave owner too, man.
0: Before yeah, he got
1: quote-unquote woke or whatever, if you want to use that term.
0: Yeah. Um, turns out in any revolution, nobody is actually a entirely good guy. Um, and there was a lot of competition for leadership in the revolution, too. There was beef. There was major fucking beef in the revolution. Uh, not just with Toussaint Overture, uh, but
1: with a, another guy. Was it Jean-Jacques uh, Desalines?
0: I think so. Let me. Yeah, he's the one who yeah. took
1: over after Toussaint Louverture was captured by the French. Yeah, that's right, Jean-Jacques Dessalines. And that dude, that brother, Dessalines. Oh my gosh, he was brutal. Wow, mm-hmm. he was brutal. He do- you can't you can't wage revolution in white gloves, as Lenin said. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but damn, in this portrait, he do be styling though.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Oh man. I showed that to my students. I was like, man, look at this brother right here. I told my students, I said, dang, man, look how He's got like a slim, slim fit style back then. His muscles are bulging out. He looks like a black God, man, or something.
0: First emperor of Haiti too. Did you even know Haiti had fucking like for a very short time, but Haiti had an established monarchy. Um, heads of state and rulers of Haiti on three non-consecutive occasions in the 19th century. And there's like a portrait of Faustine, Faustine de Haiti. Look at this dude. I'm gonna show you his picture here. There we go. Look at that guy. Look at this man.
1: Oh man, he's trying to be too much like those Europeans, man. He looks more like a Holy Roman Emperor. I know. Aesthetically. Man, be like Matsu or somebody. Yeah. It's also problematic because he also on slave. I mean, but still. Also, too, when I teach my students the difference between the transatlantic slave trade and other forms of slavery, you do have to teach that the transatlantic slave trade, it was more based on profit. And this profit made it more brutal cuz anytime you put the profit motive in something it, it take away human rights take away hum, humanity humanitarianism take away all that cuz when a profit motive gets in something it gets corrupt and harmful to human beings oh yeah i mean when that's, that's why that's... healthcare shouldn't be stuff like healthcare shouldn't have a profit motive i mean i'm sorry it or, shouldn't or housing people absolutely yeah I agree. It's like a bottle of water. Like, are you serious? You're selling water? Our bodies are literally mostly made out of water. And you what?
0: I'm going to sell you mostly the con- <laughs> the stuff that you are mostly made out
1: of. What the f is that, man?
0: No shit, dude.
1: Man, I'm about to preach again.
0: Fucking, well, I mean, Haiti is the way it is too today, like materialistically, because Uh, Not just France, but the United States, as we talked about in previous episodes, is responsible for keeping it in a state of economic and like economic dependence. Uh, Because a lot of French and later on, a lot of Americans owned private property in Haiti, you know, moneyed people.
1: So. And that's one thing, too, that when you teach about the Haitian Revolution, you also have to teach about how France. 20 years after Haiti got their independence 20 plus years uh, I'm not sure the exact but 20 plus years after Haiti got its independence France basically came with gunboats to the Haitian shore and said look we're going to blast you to smithereens or you're going to pay us reparations and guess what guess what even if you go back to when Haiti got its independence in 1804 Mm -hmm. the president of the United States at the time Thomas, Thomas Jefferson he didn't support them he didn't recognize Haiti? That son of a hypocrite! that hypocritical! I can't even say it. I'm so angry, that hypocritical son of a B word. A slave
0: owner not supporting a, a slave revolution?
1: Well, well, hold on. You say slave owner, I'm gonna go a little deeper. Okay. You know my one of my professors his son Kwame Jeffries, Doctor Jeffries. Oh, yeah. He basically said uh, R. Kelly was uh, R. Kelly. Thomas Jefferson was the R. Kelly of his time.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. like when you read about the history of what he did with um, his slave, what was her name? Um, it was Sally. You know what,
1: Sally Hemings. Sally Hemings, yeah, yeah. When well, she she's a teenager at the time,
0: yeah, and he fathered a kid through her.
1: Indeed. And I don't care, like, if anybody says, "Well, what if she want?" It doesn't matter. She's a slave and a gift. Yeah, but I'm saying she she's a slave. It's not like she, even if she says, "Yeah, sure, master," you, let's have sex. It, it's a moot point. She's a slave. Even if she could, even if she could give consent, it's not like it, she's a slave. You could do whatever you want with her. She's your property. So it's never equal, never. Right. I don't there's, care if she gave consent.
0: There's no, there's no real consent in that exchange, <laughs> like mm-hmm. whatsoever. When someone literally owns you and your life, it doesn't your yeses and nos don't really have any weight to them? Your body. It's not your body.
1: It's right. your master's body.
0: Right. Especially in the eyes of the fucking state too. And by yeah, the way, okay. I, I also want to add, Jefferson fathered six children with Sally Hemings. So I was just because while you were, you know, talking, I was actually doing a little bit of reading here. Um, let me see here. Multiple lines of evidence, including modern DNA analysis, indicate that Hemings and Jefferson had a sexual relationship for years, and historians now broadly agree that he was the father of her six children. Hemmings was a half sister of Jefferson's late wife, Martha Jefferson. What what? pause back up the U-Haul truck. What? Yeah. let me read that again. Hemmings, Sally Hemmings was half sister to Thomas Jefferson's late wife.
1: Half sister. What's that mean? Half sister? Like by another parent?
0: Yeah. So his late, this was his late wife's half-sister that he had enslaved.
1: Wow. Well, also I'm like, wait, so Jefferson's late wife was also, uh, like black or? No. A free, a free black, what?
0: No. Uh, so Martha Jefferson, I mean, you look at her portraits. She's, she looks like a white woman. Yeah. Yeah. So let me see here.
1: You're a confused.
0: So Martha was born as the only surviving child to Martha Epps Wales and John Wales. So those are her parents, Martha Wales and John Wales. So Sally Hemings was born to Elizabeth Betty Hemings, woman born in slavery. Sally's father was their slave owner, John Wales. So they had the oh. same father, different mothers.
1: Oh, so he raped his slave, oh my God. Are you serious? Dead serious. Oh my God, I didn't put that together. I should have put that together, oh my gosh. So that's how they are related. Oh, that is, that's disturbing, man. Yeah. Whoa, trigger warning, It's Sorry. not only your- Oh my gosh.
0: She's not just a slave. This Jeffers, This was her Jefferson's late wife's
1: half-sister oh my gosh oh wow sorry that just left me like I'm floored <laughs> I yeah. didn't know that man the more the more I learn about Thomas Jefferson the more the more sordid it becomes man I used to think he was the best president ever until I started learning more about him oh and yeah now I don't want to say a good thing about anybody anymore
0: fucking R. Kelly dude was literally fucking R. Kelly Short of like, short of like historical records of him like pissing on minors or whatever. Wouldn't surprise me if he did do that either. But yeah, that is, that's the relationship.
1: I, and I used to love Jefferson too, for his intellectual, uh, mastermind. But uh, there has to be a point where you got to say, dude, you're a fucking POS man. Yeah. Gotta be that point.
0: Fuck this founding father bullshit. I don't care. Oh, yeah. I, I don't care if he signed the Declaration of Independence with his dick. <laughs> it's like, fuck this guy. Fuck Thomas Jefferson. Like, people will say, oh, well, human beings are messy and things were different back then. Fuck you. It was bad then and it's bad now.
1: What the, there's right and wrong. I don't care what era we're born into. There's right and there's wrong. I don't care if you were born in you know, prehistory. You kill a child, you're wrong. You're like kill an innocent person, you're wrong.
0: Yeah. So you enslave
1: people, you're wrong.
0: So we learned we learned a little bit more about Thomas Jefferson today. Oh, <laughs> I gosh. mean we already kind of knew about most of that. <laughs> I mean we we all knew about, know this.
1: about the half sister.
0: I didn't know about... Well, I think I actually did couldn't think about it. I think I already did know, but I didn't know how they were related. And uh, it's like, yeah, that's his late wife's uh, half-sister.
1: So I guess I'm going to go back to the question again. Why does not Age of Empires 3 have slavery as a technology you can research? <laughs> well, we want our game to be marketable. Um, it's like... If you're gonna have the USA in there, show the f***ing warts and wrinkles, man.
0: Not only that, include a whole section about it and include some penalties to adopting slavery, like slave rebellions. yeah, man.
1: (laughs) Like, yeah, like, your economy would not be as good as if you had an industrial economy.
0: on, On the one hand, though, I also feel like it would be demeaning to the severity or how bad slavery was if you include it as, if you reduce it to a mechanic oh. and a fucking video game
1: no i just je- I i'm just saying but right i know you're just joking but still i mean
0: i wonder how age have you tried age of empires 4 yet
1: oh no i uh i'm quite content with three right now leveling everybody up
0: oh i feel yeah uh i'm waiting until more civs come out before i throw money at it
1: oh yeah I still haven't got the Mexican Sib for uh, Age of Empires 3 yet. Oh, you
0: haven't yet? I thought you said you got no it.
1: It, No, no, no. It's a DLC I haven't downloaded it yet.
0: Oh, okay. Speaking of old games, I've fucking been playing the original Diablo 2.
1: I beat my. Oh, dude, you can't go wrong.
0: I beat my first playthrough, actually, for the first time over the weekend.
1: Oh, really? You yeah. never beat that before?
0: Nope. What was your class? Assassin. I had a oh. trap assassin built. So I was pretty much using a lot of the time, so assassins in their tech tree, right? If you go the trap route, um, there's some ones called a uh, lightning sentry and death sentry, and they're great wow. for crowd control, right? They do a lot of area damage. So most of the time you, uh, you can use a thing called a shadow clone or shadow warrior. And that literally produces like a clone of you of your character who has like all the same uh, attacks and everything and they, oh, yeah. they're they like a party member so I pretty much spent a good deal of the game with a mercenary and the shadow warrior as like a three party thing uh, and me, my character and the shadow warrior could actually just spam the lightning and death sentries <laughs> so they would just be all over the fucking map just shooting lightning everywhere oh man Yeah, the downside to that build is that you're not too great when it comes to fighting melee, especially bosses. Um, So a lot of the time, when you get to fighting either Diablo or Baal, you just have to like keep a long distance and just spam those fucking sentries until you win. (laughs) So I'm doing an an Amazon run now, so.
1: Is that the like bow and arrow?
0: uh yeah but they're actually amazons can do a little bit more too um because okay. they're they're kind of supposed to be like a versatile class right oh yeah so on top of spears, yeah so i'm basically doing spears and jabs um, oh
1: nice yeah i think
0: yeah javazon build is what it's called so uh love the melee damage i do um i've come close to dying one so far like uncomfortably close. Some severe fucking close calls of dying. Um but it's 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 a different challenge, which is great.
1: And see video games, I I am so busy right now the, but uh the I think the best time to play video games is at nighttime after you finish everything up for the day. It's a good way at least for me just to unwind and decompress and turn off my brain for the day. Oh, yeah. I don't know about you, but...
0: I've kind of... I agree. Like, if I play anything, it's almost always going to be late at night. Oh um, yeah. Playing Diablo 2 has kind of reignited my love for, like, those kind of RPG dungeon crawlers and stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Actually, it's funny as hell. Uh, this may sound funny, but... For, like, five years... Like, four years... In the past, like, I guess, God, 15 years ago, <laughs> I stopped 15 years ago. I played Diablo, the first Diablo, every time of Christmas time, because that's the first time I ever played it. Is
0: it a Christmas and game?
1: So it reminded me of Christmas. I'm like, yay, Christmas time. And <laughs> Oh, ho, ho, ho in hell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, one of my favorite things about the Diablo franchise, at least the older ones, is just how, like, Especially when the time it came out in, like, the whole aesthetic it uses is, like, this really over-the-top satanic imagery and shit. Yeah, <laughs> so, yep. like, one of the early uh, maps uh, in that game that you get to is, like, a monastery. And uh, it's an abandoned monastery.
1: Yeah, I think that's the first level.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You go to hell. Uh, No, that's not the first level. I mean, the first level uh. of the monastery is, but it's all happens in the the catacombs when you fight Uh. like the first boss on Dario. Um, but even before that, there's like this fucking, uh, tower and there's like, it's like a dungeon you can do. Uh, it belongs to like this enemy called the countess. Right. And she like her whole backstory is told in this overdramatic, like narration where it's like, the Countess bathed in the blood of Countless Virgins, and her decrepit tower stands as a monument to evil. <laughs> and, um, at one, I remember one of the levels that I found so fucking goofy and stupid, but it's so, like, from that time, is like, there's this burning upside down like fiery pentagram that you have to walk through. It does fire damage to you. But the fact that that's just there, there's like this satanic imagery just burning and there's demons you have to fight around it. It's just so goofy and lovable. I just love that shit. It's so over the top.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I, uh, I I went on YouTube right now and looked at some Diablo uh, playthroughs and I'm like, man, yeah, I r- bring back memories. It's,
0: yeah, that game is just gold it's still fun to play and I'm not even playing the original I'm playing the fucking oh I am playing the original I'm just not playing the remake I still have the original believe it or not so and it's still because that's what I played back then and I continue to play it now
1: yeah it's too bad that the company though is a piece of crap
0: (laughs) don't support that fucking company just saying you don't have to support Blizzard
1: You can still play these games, but you don't have to buy them. Wink, wink.
0: (laughs) You don't necessarily have to support Blizzard in order to enjoy Diablo is what we're saying. Yeah,
1: don't support Bobby Kotick.
0: Fuck Bobby Kotick. Not physically though.
1: Oh, also though, support the Strikers. I wonder how that's going actually. Let's find out. Hell yeah, man. Workers of the world unite! Everywhere, around the world, come together! We like us some unions and
0: we like us some video games here on Ministry motors.
1: Modus. Hell yeah, people who rebel against unions. (laughs) I hope you would like working 16 hours a day for three bucks an hour. (laughs) We can go back to that if you'd like. (laughs) Get rid of unions.
0: Let's see the most recent... God, it's... It's the most recent news, seriously, only three weeks ago? Or two weeks ago? What the fuck? Um, all right, work, he, this is from worker's world, everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll link that link it up, man. Come on. Mundo Obrero, worker's world. This is old fashioned commie journalism, baby. <laughs> like, okay. So worker's world, ABK, workers, ABK being Activision, Blizzard, workers, Alliance strikes. Versus Activision Blizzard. Uh, since late July, this is by Danny O'Brien from two weeks ago. Since late July, there has been an active class struggle between workers and corporate bosses at the video game company Activision Blizzard, culminating in three strikes, the third ongoing and powerful efforts to unionize. Yeah. ABK worker. oh, it's a picture of ABK workers blocking the entrance to Activision Blizzard. Hell yeah, back in November 16th. On July 20th, a lawsuit was filed against Activision Blizzard by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing exposing a distinct and pervasive frat boy culture, unequal pay structures, rampant sexual harassment, and negligence on part of, quote, human resources, unquote, unquote, to take reports seriously. The company responded by gaslighting the claims as disordered and false, and workers retaliated with a work stoppage against a negation and abuse. From yes. Them. So CEO Bobby Kotick made a performative apology for the response and promised an internal review of the company's policies to be done by infamous anti-union law firm Wilmer Hale. The workers refuted this choice, stating, uh, stating a conflict of interest between the company execs and law firm from previous cases. They disagreed with the choice further on grounds that Wilmer Hale had a known reputation as a union buster and, as such, is not impartial when it comes to securing and ensuring the rights of workers. So, in response, this is a section called the Raven Software Layoffs. So in response to the December 3rd layoffs of 12 contractors at Raven Software, a game studio owned by Activision Blizzard, employees initiated a work stoppage. Unified at the moment as the ABK Workers Alliance, they responded to the sudden layoffs on Twitter stating, this has not only destroyed the morale of our workforce, but obliterated trust in the company that has been routinely asking us for patience and improving our work lives. We will not back down from this fight for equity. Raven QA, oh, hold on. Raven QA, your contributions to our studios and the industry were incredible and you deserve much better. I guess QA being the quality assurance folks? I'm not sure. Let's see, the stoppage is still ongoing and gained mainstream media coverage on its first day, or its fifth day, when the workers were asked by the Communication Workers of America to sign union authorization cards. That's how you do it, baby. The company responded fearfully to this first step. In the establishment of a union by sending out a mass email groveling <laughs> to the workers, strongly suggesting they refuse to unionize and quietly accept their oppression.
1: Hey, real quick though, man. I didn't know this before I started learning about unions, but union busting is big business. Like there are companies whose single purpose is to bust unions. Yeah, that's
0: how the Pinkertons got their start. Hell, the Pinkertons are still a fucking active company today.
1: I'm not even talking about like the the Pinkertons in in respect to like force. I'm talking about like in respect to companies that have PR firms and companies that have these videos, um, anti-union videos and companies that have these anti-union, big business, man. And I did not know that Mm. and 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 for example, these companies that who fear that the their workplaces will become unionized, they hire these companies. And I'm thinking, well, if you would just pay the work, what, what?
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like man, why are you creating the conditions for people wanting to create a union to begin with for one instead of spending all these resources for and like to crush union like attempts at unionization when your whole purpose of attempting to stop workers from unionizing is so they don't do things like bargain for more wages and cost you more money <laughs> like are yeah. you really accomplishing? Anything at that point?
1: And you know, one thing too that really, um, if anybody out there is like wondering, hey, why is this like, so why, what's up with Blizzard and Activision, whatever? Bobby Kotick, right, the CEO of Activision Blizzard, Mm -hmm. this guy, I'll tell you, this guy is just a fucking jerk. You look at the history of it, um, and one thing that really turned me on to them is Jim Sterling, his YouTube channel, the Jimquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a video, or they, I should say they, to be respectful to Jim Sterling. They yep. have a video called Bobby Kotick is an Abusive Monster, and um, I, I, I've i been playing World of Warcraft since 2004, off and on, and I didn't know anything about Blizzard activism, Activision, Vision, Blizzard, Bobby Kotick I didn't know anything about that company yeah uh, and that really and hearing about this and the strikes that really opened my eyes and I and I was just again I was left speechless like the more I learn the more I'm left with that wow feeling <laughs> that just leaves you speechless yeah it's, and uh isn't he, horrible. A, isn't he a fucking billionaire but, well let's look it up
0: well let me see because
1: I do not know, and I don't want to say anything misinforming on here.
0: One source says he's worth 600 million. Another one says seven billion. Um, let me just say net worth. Okay. Let's do some digging. <laughs> Another source says eight billion. 2020 with earnings of $154 million. Oh my God. That billion is probably coming from assets he owns and shit like that.
1: Yeah, so it's probably not liquid. hmm
0: But yeah, that's Bobby Kotick.
1: Whew. Yeah, and I urge everybody uh, to check that video out too if you're like, well, who, cause it, Jim can do a lot better they can do a lot better explaining all that than I can right now.
0: Thank God for them. Yes. As they uh, conclude every episode with. <laughs> also a pro wrestler. Well not a pro wrestler, but you know, does wrestling.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And we're gonna get there. That's gonna be our main topic for today.
0: Oh yeah, you've been wanting to get something off your chest for quite a while. Well, well,
1: well before we do that, let's uh let's let's finish this article up here. Um, and you might be wondering, what's the, so what happened here? So let's go here. So since the sexual harassment and gender discrimination cases started against Activision Blizzard in the summer, Mm -hmm. workers have held two other strikes. So in mid-November, employees at Irvine, California branch held, uh, that the location held a strike calling for the resignation of Kodak and a worker audit of the company. The earliest strike on this timeline was in response to the company's initial response to the lawsuit starting at the very end of July. Mm. Um, and uh, continuing this, too, the, this is from the article. The capitalists are deploying their time honored methods of denial, quote, strong suggestions, unquote, in the hiring of union busting lawyers. <laughs> wow, you know, Charles Houston was so right. <laughs> a lawyer is either a. Uh, social engineer or Parasite. They're playing <laughs> and <in> Parasite. <laughs> and in that, nothing is too remarkable about this case, but the tenacity of the workers against the company across a long timeline with multiple strikes gaining media attention is remarkable. Um, so yeah, that kind of sums up that article very well too. Thank you,
0: Worker's World. So also a little, just so we have a little bit of transparency so if you don't know what workers world
1: is or who they are No, i don't know so i'm learning with y'all oh you don't know and i don't i don't well
0: here i am to waking you up baby so workers world is a publication from the workers world party let me link to you excellent man let's do it there we go so Who is Workers World Party? So they are a revolutionary Marxist-Leninist political party in the United States, founded in 1959 by a group led by Sam Marcy of the Socialist Workers Party. Uh, Of course, they had a split, as one does, if you are a leftist org. Uh, (laughs) Marcy and his followers split from the SWP, the Socialist Workers Party in 1958 over a series of long-standing differences. Among them, their support for Henry A. Wallace's progressive party. Oh, Henry Wallace. Oh yeah, the businessman, journalist?
1: No, Henry Wallace was, uh, I believe, vice president under uh, Roosevelt. One of the uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt administrations. But he was considered too radical. And he was basically blackballed blackballed from politics. This
0: motherfucker, he was a businessman. How can me be considered too radical? You're too progressive, buddy. Yeah, he was vice president. Yeah, he
1: was the 33rd vice president of the United States, yeah.
0: Wow. It's like, you are too, you want to help the poor too much, fella.
1: Yeah, well, it's sort of like, he went beyond the, and this is something we'll get into as well when we talk about uh, professional wrestling. But Wallace went against the... He went beyond just the normal, con, no, normal, moderate, liberal position. He went beyond that. Yeah. He went farther to the left. Dope.
0: So, apparently the split in the SWP at this point was because uh, there was a... Disagreement about whether to support the Progressive Party, uh, which used to exist, actually. Uh, It was a left-wing political party in the U.S. that served as a vehicle for the campaign of Henry A. Wallace, former vice president, become president of the United States in 1948. Uh, General secretary was Elliot Roosevelt. Interesting. Son of President Franklin D. Roosevelt, who was part of this. And it was a progressive social democratic movement, right? Damn, we're we're going on a big old rabbit hole. Uh let's see.
1: I will and, say this though, too. Mm-hmm. Um so it says the workers world the workers world party, the WWP. This is funny <laughs> considering what we're talking about, is a revolutionary Marxist Lenin political party. Uh, the term Marxist Leninist I'm gonna be honest um I don't I, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing because I don't know much about that so well I mean it's that's one thing you'll get from me on this podcast is that I'm not going to if I don't know enough about something I'm not gonna kind of advocate for it or against it right um I mean that's one thing you get from both of us because we believe in not spreading misinformation and God forbid disinformation.
0: Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Marxism, Leninism, but I'm not going to say it's ultimately all bad with no contributions to the history of leftism ever. I mean,
1: well, I like Karl Marx and Lenin, but I'm not sure what that means. Marxist Leninist. I I just need to do more. So I guess Marxist
0: Marxist Leninist or Marxism Leninism. And I can tell you this much. Uh, was basically, I think it was coined by Joseph Stalin, if I remember correctly. Oh,
1: that's not good, because Stalin was a bee bee head, you know? Yeah,
0: so from their perspective, it's supposed to be a synthesis of Marxism and uh, Vladimir Lenin's political platform, if I remember right. Right. Uh, It uses a lot of theory. It's a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot of theory. And if you don't really understand the theory, you're going to have a lot. It's going to be hard to grasp because these these motherfuckers love theory. Like, if you throw any kind of Marxist theoretical text in front of a Marxist-Leninist, they get horny for it, right? They love (laughs) the shit. (laughs) Like, they'll tell you to read theory all fucking day, whether you want to read it or not. You will fucking love theory well (laughs) that's that's the marxist on this like i mean it's not really politically relevant anymore well definitely not to where it used to be right like yeah china for example times
1: Times change
0: yeah like for example like china I mean, it does socialism with Chinese characteristics, right? <laughs> if we wanna if we wanna go with that term. Uh face if we wanna take it at face value. Um but like they might say, oh, this is like derivative of Marxism Leninism or some shit like that. Hey. Like I've seen folks Marxist this, and then by that I mean people on fucking Twitter <laughs> basically say that about like you know, in defense of why China is the way it is today, a state capitalist country. Um, But yeah, so Marxism-Leninism is very complicated. Um, And I have not read the theory, so I'm not gonna go too much into detail. Shoot,
1: I want to, I wanna, one of my goals in life (laughs) is to read, On the wealth of concerning on in, in sorry, Adam Smith's An in Inquiry into the Wealth of Nations, and also mm-hmm. Karl Marx's Das Kapital. So that's one of my goals in life, just Cap- so I can get both theories.
0: Yeah, here's the thing though: when they tell you to read theory, they're not asked. They're not typically telling you to read Adam Smith, right? They're typically telling you to read Marx or Lenin or Stalin or Engels. It's, when they tell you to read theory, it's actually usually in the it depends what theory they're talking about, depending on the context of the conversation you're having.
1: Hmm.
0: So if you're talking about if China does something bad geopolitically or globally or whatever, right, or harmful to, let's say, a country like Vietnam or some shit like that, then, you know, a Marxist-Leninist may, I'm not saying they all will, but I have seen... Many conversations ago where it's like you need to read theory to understand China, and they typically mean read Lenin. Oh uh, yeah, well, well I'm not that's saying, one of my goals, and I'm not saying you shouldn't read Lenin. Actually, I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from reading.
1: Well, any, I read a anything. couple. Well, I read a uh, I read a couple of Lenin's uh, writings about imperialism. Um yeah. That those are on point, man. Yeah. Yeah. On point.
0: Yes, yeah, like he's not saying anything that's necessarily wrong about imperialism in that at all. No, like
1: he says right.
0: Yeah, I'm saying you know I'm saying you should read whatever fucking theory you your heart is set out to. I think if you yell at people to say read theory, read theory oh, all the time, that's the the biggest guarantee that they're not ever gonna fucking touch theory. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's like and you, you can't, can't know, teach someone, this stuff to high school kids either. Yeah, like it's impossible. And I'm not not saying high school kids are stupid. I'm just saying it's not really like relevant to their lives. (laughs) Right. So but that's basically uh,
0: a newspaper that we just read from. Uh, That's the organization that uh, it comes from. Workers World Newspaper is let's see here. Oh, there's a separate separate article. Official newspaper of the Workers' World Party, Communist Party in the United States, led by Sam Marcy, a faction of the Socialist Workers' Party and founded in 1959. First issue of Workers' World was published in New York City in March of that year. It is always operated by an all-volunteer staff, while distributed nationally from the beginning. It was a monthly paper until 1974, when it expanded into a weekly... into a... okay just a little typo here when it expanded into a weekly publication published every week except for the first week of the new year and currently costs one dollar apparently uh Uh, but yeah it's been in publication for a long ass time
1: Hmm. but yeah so Uh, we care about our sources go ahead Oh, absolutely. Uh, so now let's get to our main event for today, because it, it I mean, it, it's going to talk about uh, it's kind of it's, it's going to talk about everything we've been talking about. Um, so first of all, though, let me send this to you, Cornbread. Let me send you this document. So this document is in my writing folder. It's a it's a it's a piece of writing that I've been working on, but I haven't finished yet. Um, where is this? So school school book cuz I want you to be able to see it too.
0: mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm. Man, boy caught the WWE. Let's see here. So it is in Do- my God. Have you everybody out there? Have you ever like looked on your computer for the location of a file but you couldn't find it? <laughs>
0: Are you having trouble finding the document that you... I'm
1: can- break this freaking computer, all right? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, I think I found it. It's under podcast notes and audio. All right, so let me send this mug to you. Gosh, man, I swear... I just wanna take a bat sometimes to something and just hit it. Hit it. Hit it. Till it... Till I'm satisfied, man. Till I'm good.
0: Give me my file, computer. Stop Why hiding it. Why did it take
1: so long? Why did this take so long? All right, so, I think I... Is it sent? Uh, let me
0: see. Not yet. <laughs> Are you trying to send it through the chat? Yeah. Okay, well, I guess we'll give it a minute.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. So anyway, y'all, so first of all, while it loads, uh, cause I have no idea why it's not loading, so, while it loads, oh, it loaded. So, while it loads, here is there. We go. So, I watched a video today and it was hilarious because somebody, an influential intellectual, compared the political system to professional wrestling. So, before we even talk about boycott the WWE, etc. Let's talk about why professional wrestling is important. Hmm. Because you may be out there thinking, professional wrestling, like it's, it's not even real, bro. It's fake. I would take issue with that. But for the sake of argument, let's talk about why professional wrestling is important and how it can also help us in our daily lives. Like what? <laughs> what What moral
0: lessons are we going to learn from the <laughs> world of professional I mean...
1: I can see the skep. I can tell the skepticism in your voice. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: well, to be fair, before he was outed as being a complete fucking racist, Hulk Hogan did kill- tell kids to eat- you know, to take their multivitamin gummy things.
1: <laughs> what did he tell kids back in the day? <laughs> say your prayers and eat your vitamins. Yeah. Maniacs.
0: say your prayers and eat your vitamins.
1: <laughs> But I don't think the vitamins he were referring to were um, you know the kind you buy at the store in the vitamins section. I think it was because you know steroids. <laughs> but <laughs> um so professional wrestling has taught me so first of all I've been a fan of professional wrestling since I was a kid, man. I used to love watching it. Uh, the WWE and, the WWF as it was known then in particular. I used to love coming home from church and watching it. I used to love watching uh, the WWF Bret Brett, uh, Hart Shawn Michaels etc and I've been a wrestling fan pretty much my entire life and things that I like I like studying the history of it I like breaking it down intellectually and one of the things that I've discovered with professional wrestling is that it's very important for identifying bullshit and grifts because professional wrestling is built on fooling you the spectator, the fan, the quote unquote mark I mean think about it, the people in the ring are trying to fool you that they're having a legitimate uh, contest However, but it's worked which is to say that it's planned in advance that doesn't mean that the people in the ring aren't legitimate athletes because they are they're some of the best in the freaking world mm-hmm. that's not to say that it's fake because how can you get injured doing something fake I mean, i'm saying that's possible look at owen hart like well, yeah look at people who've been paralyzed you know i don't i don't so I, so i take umbrage Umbridge, I don't even know what that means, but I said it. I take issue with people who say, oh, it's fake. Well, it's, it's script. It's pl- I don't even want to say the word scripted. i will say it's planned in advance. It's worked out. It's, it's not a legitimate athletic contest, but the people in the ring f- fool you into thinking it is. Yeah. And they also try to fool you in their promos, their speeches that they give to you, like, trying to convince you that it's real.
0: Or that they can do math like Scott Steiner.
1: Oh man, he's a treasure. I love Scott Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling fans will know. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, and also too, I would say this to everybody out there don't ever trust a professional wrestler. You might be thinking, why is that? Well, don't ever trust one because a professional wrestler's job is to fool you. Like, that's their job. They're expert con men and con women. Oh, <laughs> well, so yeah.
0: they are yeah. they are actors at the end of the day,
1: especially like the older breed of wrestlers. Like, oh, my gosh, they will tell you. Here's one thing that's missing in modern wrestling. Storytelling. And what I've seen by storytelling is you look at, at wrestlers from the 1980s with story and their storytelling abilities. Boy, they can tell you a hell of a story and they can even if they had even if they made it up, they can make it as believable as if you were there yourself. So I would say never ever trust a professional wrestler. No offense to any professional wrestlers, but never trust a professional wrestler because their job, they they are experts in fooling, you know, fooling people.
0: <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Like Hulk Hogan pretending not to be racist for all that time. <laughs> well, you know
1: something, brother. I hope no one records this and leaks it to the press. <laughs> uh. So yeah. So I I absolutely love professional wrestling with all my heart and soul. And uh, this episode today. It's good. It it hurts because what I'm proposing that you out there do, and what I'm currently doing is to turn your back on what is known as the marquee professional wrestling organization today. The WWE, led by none other than madman genius, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And he's not Vince Jr., by the way, because his father wasn't Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Mm. But people could call him Vince Jr. in the business. But anyway, right now I'm gonna make the argument that we boycott WWE, and this is not. This is not against the fan. This is not against the wrestlers in the organization. They're my heroes. I love them, even though I wouldn't trust them and I would not want to meet them. <laughs> but <laughs> I love you. I just want the management of the WWE to change. Because I'm going to try to lay out an argument that hopefully will convince you out there to boycott the WWE if you also uh, currently support it. So without further ado and more promo, let's get to my... <laughs> you know some brother, let's get to my... <laughs>
0: the most roided up 76 year old man, Vince McMahon.
1: Yeah, and he, oh my gosh, and let me tell you something, he's not in good shape today. Really? He's on TV. Oh, dude, like he's on TV, he's barely intelligible, right? He's barely intelligible. He, you know, he, he speaks in these low, uh, gravelly, or gravel, whatever word I want to use, he speaks in these low, yeah, you know, mur- mur- mutterings, murmurings that you can hardly tell, and his television product it currently is, I don't know a word to describe it, ridiculous? Laughable? Man, I'm looking at
0: pictures of him right now, and his face is like, it's staring, it's like staring into the face of a reptile.
1: <laughs> like, whoa, 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 are you making a claim, sir?
0: I'm not making a claim other than what I just <laughs> said. Like, Hold I feel on. like I'm looking into the eyes of like a snake or a Komodo dragon. Oh, <laughs> like, this guy
1: is definitely snaky.
0: I feel like he's just ready to shit his skin and then he just leaves like his husk to be eaten by his like
1: children <laughs> Well, that's the thing though. I don't want to make fun of his physical appearance because I mean the dude he's, he's getting older and we all get older, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying like his face just looks like cold and evil. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I yeah. can see that. There's like no soul in those eyes. Just steroids.
1: <laughs> I don't know if he currently does or not, but uh, but one of the main criticisms uh, about, I guess, his physical appearance today is that he really does look different. I mean, he's got a lot more makeup on, more sunken eyes, but that's probably because of his, his, his attitude towards sleep. Um, according to multiple sources, whether it be Bruce Pritchard or Jim Ross or... Jim Cornette, who actually worked with him, uh, and Bruce Prichard still does. Uh, Vince McMahon is fond of saying sleep is the enemy. Um, I kind of hmm. agree with that because I hate sleep as well. I, I'm the type of person, I love life so much that I see sleep as an impediment to getting things done or pursuing our passions in life. But uh, but sleep's important <laughs> uh, you for have, physical and mental well-being.
0: You are literally evolved to sleep. <laughs> like
1: unfortunately
0: yeah if you do not sleep you will fucking die um and i'm sure this guy probably takes like two hour naps so like (laughs) i can imagine you know what bedtime looks like for vince mcmahon like it's it's like two it's like maybe like two or three in the morning he gets into like his pod his tank full of green slime and he (laughs) just kind of like Meditates inside of it, you know. And the green slime is also, you know, he like hooks up these IVs that go into his arm, and they pump steroids into him to keep him like young, along with like maybe stem cells from aborted fetuses and shit like that. And then like after shit, his it two hours, yeah, after his two hours, you know, he's ready to start his day.
1: Hmm. And he's probably thinking about work as he sleeps too. <laughs> I will say this, though, too. Um, the character of Vince McMahon, though, he... he, I feel conflicting emotions. On the one hand, I'm like, this guy's greedy, and I hate greed, right? Mm-hmm. I hate what he represents. But on the other hand, I love his work ethic, and I love his risk-taking. This is a guy who, in the early 80s, um, bought his father's company, Capital Wrestling, and I'm not sure about the specific... Terms of the Loan, I forgot them, um, but I read this book, Death of the Territories by, oh man, why did that author escape me? Because he's like one of, Tim Hornbaker, Tim Hornbaker, hold on, let me, Death of the Territories. Let me make sure about that, because this guy, he is awesome. Um, Tim, 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 yeah, Tim Hornbaker. So, I, so a lot of the details of that is in there, but what I do remember from that is the great risk that Vince McMahon took and What he did since then in becoming a billionaire, I mean, take away the greed part of it, the unfettered greed and abuse of talent, Mm -hmm. and wow, like holy shit, this guy's a Napoleon, Napoleon Bonaparte of the business of the professional wrestling world. So on the one hand, I kinda admire him, on the other hand, I despise him.
0: Damn, you have a love-hate relationship towards (laughs) Vince McMahon.
1: I do. And I I'm 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 on the more despising side after the things that he's doing currently. So, let's get into that. So, let's go to my um my rough draft of my boycott WWE Declaration of Independence.
0: <laughs> okay. Continue. All right. <laughs>
1: uh so the first thing, this introduction here, I kind I I still a lot from uh oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I'm going to say this considering what we just talked about. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Do you see what I'm talking about? Let me see. Uh... I steal a lot from the Declaration of Independence and who was the primary writer of the Declaration of Independence? Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> Thomas freaking Jefferson. And for those of you who are listening to this clip and did not not the whole podcast, mm-hmm. um, we kind of shitted on Thomas Jefferson in the earlier parts. Um so yeah, so see, see everybody how everything's coming full circle.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we love uh, shitting shit on John Thomas Jefferson, folks.
1: Jeez. Um, so basically, in this, in this introduction, I, I I take a lot from the Declaration of Independence and saying um, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for fans and wrestlers alike to dissolve the wrestling company which reigns supreme and the wrestling company that assumes a fiefdom over its fans and talent. We're most over this talent. A decent respect to the opinion of mankind requires that they should explain the causes which makes them rebel. <laughs> so so sorry uh, Martin for my butchering. Martin's going to destroy the <laughs> WWE. <laughs> well, think about it though. I see Vincent Kennedy McMahon as the mad tyrant King George the Third. Think about it. He's mad, just like him. Okay.
0: <laughs> What, was king george iii actually supposed you know like as crazy bunkers as people said he was or was that like an american propaganda thing
1: i'm not sure but uh for our purposes let's assume he is <laughs> <don't know>. okay <laughs> no I, no but seriously i i don't i don't know all right continue uh, yeah i'm not sure but actually that's a good question but uh but yeah so um So yeah, so I'm boycotting the WWE, and you should too. Um, And here are my reasons. Here's my thesis, if you will. Why continue to support a company that works for and propagandizes for a murderous country like Saudi Arabia? Where human rights is an anathema? Mm. Um, Why support a company that regularly insults its fans and talent alike, treating them as disposable objects? True. Why support a company whose actions are textbook examples of the despicable evil of greed? And uh, so I basically break this down into three main reasons, at least for the reason why I'm boycotting WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, um, at least, well, we'll talk about when my boycott will end. Uh, so first of all, WWE's relationship with Saudi Arabia Um <laughs> this is quite inflammatory, um, and I don't mean any offense to any of our Muslim brothers and sisters out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the WWE, you know, gives a show to Saudi Arabia, all I can really think of is when Jesus in the Bible said, um, "Do not give what is holy to dogs, nor cast your pearls before a swine, lest they trample, uh, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn and tear you into pieces."
0: Well, the, so, <laughs> the good news for you anyway is that less than 100% of our listeners on Anchor is from the UAE and not Saudi Arabia. So you should be fine.
1: <laughs> no, no. What I'm trying to say is that... I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm trying to insult the Saudi Arabian government. Right. The murderous regime. And I'm calling them what probably is most offensive to them other than like a gay person swine
0: a gay a gay a gay dog (laughs) a pig
1: pig. gay pigs
0: i like gay dog pig better
1: nothing against saudi arabian people i'm sure there are good people there who don't like the actions of their government um so this is nothing against you and of course nothing against our muslim brothers and sisters out there and if you are muslim out there um i don't think i don't think you will be supporting saudi arabia's version of islam
0: (laughs) I don't think 99% of Muslims, whatever percent of Muslims outside of Saudi Arabia, which is probably 99%, do not care what we have to say about Saudi Arabia.
1: It don't matter, yo, I'm inflammatory. I wanna be Hannibal Barca.
0: Are you going <laughs> to take a bunch of elephants and cross them into Jeddah?
1: Yeah, I am. But the problem though is, um, as I explained here in the writing, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, in my opinion, is an abomination to mankind. Which is a travesty because it holds the cities of Medina and Mecca. Those are the city, the holy cities in Islam, man. Yeah. Um, yeah they so are, that's, that's so sad, man.
0: Yeah, it's like, damn, two some of the holiest places in Islam are held by a pariah state. <laughs>
1: Yeah. By by yeah. And so the Saudi government, you know, they run their country like how Stalin ran the Soviet Union, albeit with religion. Um so the crimes of this repugnant regime will fill an entire library. Um and I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there know about some of these crimes. I mean, you know, their anti Semitism, they're sex their anti LGBT, very like There's anti LGBT and there's just completely murdering LGBT. I mean, people, LGBTQ people.
0: The only thing objectively worse is their anti-gamer stance in Saudi Arabia. I think that's actually the absolute worst oppression. Holy crap,
1: what's about that? I didn't know that.
0: (laughs) Nothing, I fucking made that up.
1: Oh, oh, they're gamers.
0: (laughs) Gamers are the most oppressed group in Saudi Arabia.
1: (laughs) Because they're all gay.
0: Yeah, homosexuals are second. Women are third. Gay homosexual women are gay homosexual women are fourth. Gamers are the number one most oppressed in all Saudi Arabia,
1: just like everywhere else in the world. Yeah. So, I'm sure you all out there know about the evils of Saudi Arabia. So, what is where does the WWE coming in this? Involved in this? What's going on? So, despite this stellar track record of evil, WWE has decided to do business with these pigs. And why? You know? What about your Jewish women and LGBTQ employees? What about the moral objections of your employees? But the only thing that matters to the WWE is money. So they can inflate their stock price. Make that money move. And according to the well according to WrestleNomics WWE receives 50 million dollars every time it stages stages a show in Saudi Arabia and these are paid shows and that means that the ticket sales don't influence how much money is made Mm -hmm. and so the WWE to put this in perspective these shows have made more money for WWE so far than ticket sales from all 36 WrestleManias combined
0: oof (laughs) that Wrestlemania's for all of you who are not wrestling aficionados Wrestlemania's are like the wrestling events of the year like throughout the entire wrestling year like the peak is always Wrestlemania
1: yeah I mean it's the culmination of their year and um it's been a and these shows, man, these WrestleMania shows, they're in stadiums. Like, I think the, the newest, I think the the next WrestleMania coming up in, uh, what, three, two, three months is going to be in uh, Dallas, uh, the AT&T Stadium, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken.
0: There's actually going to be another one in February here in Columbus, actually.
1: Oh, okay. Um, And so the Saudi government thus far, as of when we're talking, has paid the WWE $250 million for five shows. And that's more than all the ticket sales from all 36 WrestleManias combined. And I think the WWE right now has a 10-year deal with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Jesus. Now, here's the thing, too. If you think this is all for money, so to think that all this money is for the purpose of, quote, sports entertainment, unquote, because the WWE never wants to call their product professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. If you think it's all for quote sports sports entertainment unquote, part of this deal involves the WWE blatantly propagandizing for Saudi Arabia. Mm. Check this out. Look no further than the WWE's first ever show in Saudi Arabia, Greatest Royal Rumble on all on April twenty seventh two thousand eighteen. Yeah, that's the. Not, video, oh, I'm sorry.
0: I was gonna say that's. I, at first, I was mistaking that for the Crown Jewel event that they had in Saudi Arabia? Wasn't that like a different
1: one? No, no, it's a different one because I believe under the current contract they have with Saudi Arabia, they have to have two shows every year.
0: Oh, Jesus, two shows, huh? Yeah.
1: And so, so, propagandizing for the, uh, WWE's first ever show, Greatest Royal Rumble, in 2018, April, the videos played during the program of women driving of men dancing on the sidewalks of tourist destinations etc. Mhm. They showed videos of all that and one of the announcers for WWE Michael Cole <laughs> look at what he called Jeddah. He called <laughs> the city of Jeddah vibrant progressive city.
0: <laughs> okay. I will you can maybe say Jeddah is vibrant, but not progressive.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm like, who's telling these people to do, write these things? I mean, is this like a Vince McMahon directive telling him to, yeah, go out there and uh, blow <laughs> the city tonight? You know, the the tolerant, progressive, <laughs> liberal city of Jeddah. <laughs> and you got, and on the same show, you got John Cena thanking the King of Saudi Arabia. Like, thank him for what? For killing a gay person that day <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you for the what murder the... of jamal kashuki
1: <laughs> yeah and that didn't i don't think yeah i don't think that happened yet that time but uh was any so think about this was any of this necessary for a mere sports event like what did it, anything have to do with their event right so nothing of course because the saudi arabia saudi arabian regime they don't care one about professional wrestling The WWE is just playing the role of the useful idiot. The Saudi government would not be paying them if it wasn't in their own interest. And their goal is not to, and their goal, the Saudi Arabian government's goal is to use the WWE to promote a false image of Saudi Arabia, to spread the lie that Saudi Arabia is a great place to to live, that Saudi Arabia is quote unquote progressive.
0: (laughs) The only counter I might actually add to this and it's actually a bit of a more malevolent spin, or more cynical spin, given your perspective. Oh, no, go ahead, man. So, you say WWE is playing the role of the useful idiot, which is obviously possible. Like, I definitely do not disagree that this is one of the goals of what Saudi Arabia is using the WWE for. I think the WWE is not playing the idiot here. I think they're playing complicit. <laughs> knowing conspira- oh, okay. Knowing conspirator because ultimately at the end of the day from the perspective of WWE this is a business this is a business decision right so
1: oh absolutely yeah yeah and there's and they're, and their stockholders love it
0: yeah they know <laughs> that this would make Saudi Arabia look good or at least they think it would uh, like so for them they might see this as a win-win for all we know I mean, it's impossible to kind of speculate what's floating around the minds of guys like Vince McMahon or other WWE execs. But I think that's another one to consider, too. And it's actually much worse because let's 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 create a hypothetical scenario here, if you will. So let's say the Taliban, right? Currently the government in charge of Afghanistan. Let's say they had Saudi money. Okay, let's say they struck it rich. They exploited a bunch of natural minerals, and they're as rich as Saudi Arabia. They have the money, and they start, like, developing these big stadiums and shit like that. So they also approached the WWE with the same intentions, right? So, like, the Taliban and the Saudi state aren't all that... Different in terms of like the human rights abuses they commit mm-hmm. daily, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think the WWE would accept money from the Taliban? Pro- maybe actually, because remember, fucking remember, all how many of the uh hijackers uh from the 7th uh, September 11th hijackings, you know, the Twin Towers um i believe how many of them four. came from saudi some of those were and you actually listed you said 19, 19 hijackers involved in the 9 11 terror attacks were saudis or wait 15 out of 19.
1: yeah 15 out of 19 you were saudis yeah yeah so good enough time who's
0: to say that wwe would not do the same thing in this scenario if the no, money I think,
1: they, I think the wwe would yeah, that's uh, would that's create my create a business deal with Taliban because they probably would use the excuse, well, the United States negotiated with the Taliban, so yeah, let's put on a show for them if the mm. money's right. Yeah, yeah. Taliban They got the Taliban <laughs> But here's the thing, though. Lest we pick on Saudi Arabia too much, though, the WWE creative and management, which ultimately is led by Vince McMahon, he makes the final decisions. The WWE creative and management needs to be held accountable as well. They are either, I write here, they're either tone deaf or completely sociopathic. So, why do I say this? To illustrate this, though, I'm sure everybody out there knows the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. Um, Saudi journalist. Yeah, Saudi journalist who was murdered in the Saudi embassy of Turkey
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, by Saudi officials. For what was his crime? Oh, he just spoke out against the regime. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a crime to speak out, you know. They don't have First Amendment rights over there. It's a crime. Not and only did they murder Khashoggi, <laughs>
0: they murdered that man in
1: another fucking country, too. Well, well, not only did they kill him, they shot, they, they sawed his body parts. They fucking dismembered even. him. Yeah. Carried his body parts out in suitcases. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I, this is a regime that So anyway, no knowing this. Let's take a look at WWE's most recent event held in Saudi Arabia, WWE Crown Jewel 2021. Mm-hmm. Held in October 21st, 2021. And this was held in the city of, if I'm saying this right, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Rihad. Okay. So this tone deafness, or maybe just a lack of empathy, really is on display here in the Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley match. <laughs> so in the build-up to this match, which would take place in Saudi Arabia, Goldberg threatened in promos leading up to the match that he would kill Bobby Lashley. For example, on, on the October 4th, uh, 2021 edition of Raw, Lashley informed Goldberg that their match at Crown Jewel would be no holds barred. Mm -hmm. Which means, for you non-wrestling fans, everything's legal. No DQ. Goldberg's response, this gives me a license to kill. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to kill you in Saudi Arabia, right? (laughs) In a country where the government kills its own people for quote-unquote crimes such as being gay.
0: Wait, does, does he actually say this entire statement? statement what
1: What? Like quoted this gives me a license to kill you can find on wwe the wwe's youtube channel
0: ah Seriously. okay okay
1: i see yeah on on october 4th 2021 edition of raw
0: like it can be more tone deaf unless he pulled out like a scimitar or something <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and he like pulled out like a like a dummy or whatever it's like this is what i'm going to do to you bobby lashley when we be in the ring
1: <laughs> i mean it- Like, who's writing this? Who's approving this? Because, you know, for WWE, everything is scripted. Everything. I mean, that's one of the biggest knocks against the current WWE product is that a group of writers are scripting what the wrestlers say, which historically, you know, didn't happen in professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and Vince, of course, Vince McMahon has final say over all of it. Yeah. Like... It, like how disrespectful is that to all the victims of the Saudi Arabian regime regime
0: <laughs> No shit it's even if it wasn't intentional it's I mean which I'm pretty sure it wasn't it's still fucking tone deaf like yeah. people die fairly regularly in Saudi Arabia like I'm going to go google some stats while I'm while no, you keep please going do,
1: brother Yeah and So yeah why you google that Let's go back to that Crown Jewel 2021 show. The show itself began with a cold open video package, which means you just started with the video package that utters these words, a place that brings out the best for all to see.
0: Mm. The best for all to see, huh? (laughs)
1: What does that even mean? Like, was this necessary? Like, to blow the Saudi or government like this? Was this necessary? Like,
0: and what is happening? Just going off some numbers here, I don't know how valid these numbers are, so be keep that in mind.
1: Oh, what are your, so what's your source?
0: Uh, this is from Al Jazeera. I I was just kind of curious, how many people does Saudi Arabia execute per year? And I'm like, do they keep accurate numbers that they just publish for, like, for, like, uh, I don't know, BuzzFeed or some shit to pick up on? So I was looking at Saudi Arabia from, this is Al Jazeera, ramped up executions in first half of 2021, according to a uh, Amnesty International report here. Ramped up executions in the first half of 2021, following a drop during its G20 presidency in 2020, according to the UK-based rights group Amnesty International. The rights group said on Tuesday that the kingdom executed at least 40 people between January and July 2021, more than during the whole of last year. Although Saudi Arabia executed a record of 185 people in 2019, the state-backed Human Rights Commission sta- said in January that the kingdom had reduced the number of executions by 85% in 2020 compared with the previous year, putting the number for 2020 at 27. Amnesty said executions had resumed immediately after Saudi Arabia handed over the presidency of the group of rich 20 nations to Italy with 9 people executed in December 2020 alone. Damn, as soon as they got done with that whole human rights
1: bullshit. <laughs> it's like, oh. all right. And for me, right, I I'm like I'm not even offended that they execute people. I'm I'm offended that what they execute people for and also they're it says here, quoting in the Al Jazeera article, um Entitled Saudi Arabia ramped up executions in first half of 2021 according to amnesty um, I'm more offended by You know, what are these people being executed for and also the quote grossly unfair trials unquote and the torture and all of those things Because I mean I'll just say it here. I'm not going to put a mask on with this. Um, I don't mind death penalty when it comes to things like oh you murdered a you you you're a serial killer we're gonna kill you or you you're a child rapist we're gonna kill you i don't mind that see this is actually where you and i
0: have legit disagreement for once (laughs) i'm actually against the death penalty period but i i can understand where you're coming from anyway not to get too off topic
1: yeah that's maybe some, yeah. We can discuss too. So my biggest beef with that, with the Saudi Arabia executions, is what they're the process and what they're being executed for. Like, like the, your sexuality,
0: something have you have nothing no,
1: to do, something you have yeah. no
0: control over. Uh, being accused of stupid bullshit to like witchcraft by your neighbor or whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't know mm. how many people legit executed for that. Um, being a dissenter in Saudi Arabia I can get you fucking in prison at the very yeah, least. They, that, yeah,
1: that's yeah. So, like, I mean, there's your life. That's a that's a theoretical, that's a metaphorical execution right there. Yeah. Like, oh, I spoke out against my government, and I'm in prison for the rest of my life. I That's not right, man. I mean, I don't know if they go to prison for the rest of their life, but still, you shouldn't go to prison for that. Yeah. It, like, why do business with these pigs? Yeah, and I'm calling you pig. Pig, if the shoe fits, wear that motherfucker and walk in it
0: damn that will never be able to get played on a Saudi Arabian podcast <laughs> damn they'll never they're going to block us now oh fuck all 0% of our saudi viewership is going to remain zero forever
1: well uh and and for the rest of the saudi arabian part portion of the uh of of what i wrote yeah. you can i mean i'm going to link this with the youtube channel and stuff like that so you can read it there, but but just tone deafness. Like, like look at just one example. The Seth Rollins versus Edge match at that Crown Jewel 2021, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Check this out. Seth tries to stab Edge in the eye. There are multiple chair shots, multiple... Ta- so, the, the violence is just over the top. Like, this is professional wrestling. Why are you over the top with your violence? Like, well, I mean, trying to stab people in the eye.
0: Like... The other things sound like normal wrestling shit to me, you know, like chair shots, tables, and all that. The stabbing in the eye thing, what, yeah. hap- what happened in that?
1: What was- it prob- That probably has something to do with Seth, Seth Rollins versus um, Rey Mysterio Jr. in 2000, I believe 20, in 2020, where there was a literal eye for eye match in which Rey Mysterio's eye came out and he lost a match. And I-, and I say this too, uh, Rey Mysterio's eye didn't literally come out. This is professional wrestling. They're working us. But <laughs> but yeah. So that's probably why. So Seth Rollins is now probably trying to take out the eyes of his opponents. Literally.
0: Yeah. I, I was gonna be like, I'm like, what the fuck happened? Rey Mysterio's eye came out? What the fuck? <laughs> that's so sadistic, even for WWE. Well, no,
1: they tried to show it too on that on the on the the event, the pay-per-view, I guess you could call it, but it looks so fake. It's like, obviously, that's fucking fake, bro. Like, like, like you may be thinking it's professional wrestling. Yeah, but don't insult me, and we'll get to that. Okay. Don't insult my fucking intelligence while I'm watching your product, trying to live in a world of make-believe. Like, don't insult my intelligence, you fucking idiot, Mc- McMahon.
0: Yeah, <laughs> give me the wrestler who fights and wrestles with his hands in pockets again, though.
1: Oh, that's another situation. (laughs) But uh, speaking also of the Saudi Arabian thing, too, I also write about two women wrestling there. Um, You know, on the first couple of shows, women weren't even allowed to wrestle there. Oh,
0: that's right. right. I remember that.
1: So I'm like, so, but now uh, six women actually wrestled on the Crown Jewel 2021 show. But still, these women weren't allowed to be themselves, at least their physical appearance, because they had to wear these um, pajamas, I guess you can call them, or they had to wear a t-shirt and they had to cover up literally the whole thing, except for like their, I don't, except for like their head. So I'm like, why, why do this for a country that doesn't accept you the way you are? Why? Why are you doing this?
0: I have to see this too. Was it the Lacey Evans and Natalia? Yeah, uh, let me see here. Came the first ever women to wrestle no, not a WWE Lacey match. Evans. I don't
1: no, Lacey Evans is pregnant or she had a baby recently. Oh, this wasn't so key... was the 2020 this the is crown a... jewel 2021 show. is
0: 2019. It's that one.
1: Yeah. Go to more recent, go to crown, uh, jewel 2021. Um, and then put in, put in Becky Lynch. The last kicker, Uh, go to images and and uh, yeah, so that's what they wrestled as. So there's a triple threat match uh, between three great athletes, three great, three phenomenal wrestlers. um, And look what they were wearing, man. I'm trying to find it. Like I don't like I don't. I'm not big on like clothes and uh, sorry, that sounded wrong. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not not big (laughs) on clothes, yo. What I mean to say is like. You should dress the way you want to dress. Like you shouldn't be forced by the country to say, "Oh well, you know your usual ring attire which you spent a gazillion dollars on, well you can't wear that here because we have we have a we have an irrational fetish or we have an irrational view about women that was played out 2 centuries ago or Two, yeah, two centuries ago. Like, come on, man. What the fuck's wrong with you? Like, why do business with these pigs?
0: All for the money, money, money. It's the profit motive, baby.
1: Oh gosh. So, um, and again, I'm not criticizing the wrestlers here. I'm just, I'm criticizing the simulation of over-the-top violence in a country whose government commits over-the-top violence on a daily basis. So, so that's why, um. So that's my whole Saudi, in the interest of time, that's my whole Saudi Arabian shtick. Yeah, anything to say about that before we move on? Uh,
0: No, I think it's very funny, though, that they're obviously cool with one guy pretending to try to gouge another guy's eyeball out in a a match, but women wearing their normal wrestling costumes was just over the line. That is violating. Yes. The, that's violating the morality of the Saudi preach.
1: Nation. <laughs> preach, yeah, exactly.
0: It's like yeah. okay, is, we we draw the line at like fake eyeball <laughs> stabbing, <laughs>
1: or or like in, in WWE as well. They don't even show like blood on their television program. Like it, like if a talent gets like blood, it's not on purpose anymore because. For those of you who don't know, it's professional wrestling. Um, wrestlers before the WWE went PG and for the history of the wrestling business and the, I think, from the 70s on, although I'm not, don't quote me on that. Um, getting Blood was seen as a way to like increase the intensity of the match. But, uh, for example, Goldberg in that same show cut Lashley's arm badly, accidentally, and the cameras didn't try to pay attention to it because, like, oh, we're we're PG here at WWE. We can't show blood. So th- the hypocrisy is just weird.
0: Gratuitous it's, violence is A-okay.
1: What is happening here?
0: It's like, they could have scripted, you know, like, Goldberg with a fucking katana, like, ready to, like, stab yeah. Bobby Lashley in the chest. And that would have been okay. Like, Bobby Lashley could have been winging, like, a fucking hammer to bash in Goldberg's skull—that would have been fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, brains flying everywhere, but no blood. <laughs> it's
0: like it could be literal fucking Mortal Kombat going on in the ring, and that's a okay. But
1: woman showing skin, no. Dude, WWE is so afraid of offending sponsors and getting bad press. Mm-hmm. Ironically, right? That they're afraid to even fart. So use a metaphor, whatever. But and what and that's leading me to my other thing is that the WWE insults their talent and their fans, like the creative and the management. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they are responsible for these weird decisions for their talent and also insulting the fans' intelligence. Um. So first of all, though, the WWE has world class talent. Yeah world class I mean some of the if not the best wrestlers in the business um so and also what we have to know about this one is that creative and management decisions they all flow through one person Vince McMahon he's responsible for it all mm-hmm. um and so the WWE has turned their on-screen product into a joke by, per- by consistently portraying most of the wrestlers is downright idiots. Unless you're like Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. Um, yeah, you, you've been portrayed as a stupid idiot in the WWE. Um, and it's not the wrestlers' fault. Because again, they're given scripts. They're told what to do. They're probably told when to take a dump. You know, it's not their fault. This is nothing against the wrestlers. In the mind of Vince McMahon, these wrestlers are just toys. And this Vince McMahon guy has the humor Mm -hmm. of a seventh grader, man. What if,
0: what if like one day, like his journal is released and it it reveals that all of professional wrestling, all the WWE was literally just the mind of a demented old man (laughs) who literally thought he was playing with like toys.
1: I wouldn't be surprised, especially with the current Vince McMahon right now. I, I wish the guy would just retire, man, and just enjoy your life, bro. Like, you've done enough, brother, you've done enough already, man. You've done so much.
0: You've exploited, and, uh, you have exploited enough.
1: <laughs> and so uh, one of my biggest gripes about the WWE is that it's impossible to suspend your disbelief with while watching most of the product. Like, for example, Matt Riddle had computer-generated birds flying out of his ass. <laughs> what? What? Come on! I, I know. I got you. Got to see that clip. Uh, but seriously, on on Raw and some pay per views, mm-hmm. dude. Like literally, they got birds flying out of his asshole. <laughs> Computer generated. It's like, <laughs> what is going on here? That's and, f- and this Matt Riddle dude too. It's like he'll be in the like. He's entertaining because he'll ju- he's like one of these like bro bro dudes, and I don't mean that in a negative sense. Uh, I just mean that like he's entertaining. I so know he'll he, be in the he, back, yeah, and uh, he'll just be saying some weird random shit. Like he forget like sometimes the one time overall he forgot his line. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot his line on that on live TV, and uh, <laughs> he just had this weird look on his face like.
0: Is he that wrestler who always looks like he's like high off his ass? Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a legit badass too. I mean, he was in UFC, but um, I think he got in some beef with UFC's, uh, the head of UFC, Dana White, because of marijuana. What was his name again? Matt Riddle.
0: Matt Riddle. I'm trying to remember where else I've heard this dude's name. I know who you're talking about, but there's something bad about him that I remember reading that really... Oh, sexual... he's oh, talking about
1: it. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, he was accused of, uh, sexual assault back
1: in 2020. Oof. Dang, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I, yeah. There's, that was a huge reckoning in the pro wrestling world, I think, about a couple years ago. Just that level of, um, that level of, I guess, of exploitation, maybe?
0: hmm
1: Yeah. I'm watching a video now of Riddle with birds flying out of his feet.
0: That's very intelligent.
1: <laughs> like... Because well, what he does, he wears these flip-flops to the ring, right? These, not flip-flops, but more like sliders. hmm And he jumps in the air and throws them off, and birds fly out of his feet and his butt. It looks like they're flying out of his butt, though, and his penis.
0: Okay. Very intelligent humor. Yeah. It's very high, <laughs> I'm I'm saying as somebody who actually unironically really loves uh, Maki Ito from AEW
1: oh wow okay (laughs) you you would also like I guess when the WWE threw off two of its wrestlers uh, off of their corporate building Titan Tower the fuck (laughs) off the roof of
0: (laughs) excuse me that sounds like an OSHA violation mister bro bro
1: bro 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 check this out man um there's a the money in the bank I think yeah 2020 right mm-hmm. the objective of this match and it was a cinematic match which meant it wasn't really a match held in a ring but it was more like a match where there's cameras set up everywhere and, and wrestlers are scrambling to get to the top of I think Titan Tower the, the big corporate building of WWE and on the tower is a ladder and on top of that ladder is a briefcase for an automatic title shot. And all these wrestlers, both men and women, uh, cause they have a men's match and a women's match, quote unquote match. They're all trying to get to that top of that roof so they can grab that briefcase. Well, <laughs> in this match, two of these wrestlers, I think two, fall off of the ladder off of the building.
0: <laughs> oh, off of Titan Tower, huh?
1: Okay, yeah, bro, you gotta see this. Hold on. It, oh, geez. so go to YouTube, everybody. If you're like, what the hell? Um, mm-hmm. Money in the bank, 2020 uh, ladder match. I believe Rey Mysterio fell off. If I'm the Rey Mysterio, right? What? Oh,
0: <laughs> let's. Uh, okay, uh, there's the full match. Um, now that's from 2015.
1: That's not it. Uh, I think this is. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think I'm at this one. Hold on. Let me see if they fall off the roof. So we're watching right now. And we're watching a highlight video. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Baron Corbin, who I like Baron Corbin. He's a badass, too. Uh, He throws throws Rey Mysterio off. Hold on. Let me see that part. Yep. Threw him off the roof. Threw him off the roof. He threw Alistair Black off the roof. What? Show me that shit. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to pass that to you. Hey, pass that shit over here, pal. Let me uh, take a hit. <laughs> yeah, so I I, sh- I linked the video to you. It's going to be at the 407 4 4 mark. So go to like the 404 mark. He's going to throw Rey Mysterio off. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so... <laughs> At the top two of oh. oh fuck! Money makes the world go round what the like, fuck? <laughs> round round like, how can you suspend your disbelief? Like, like if you watch it, it's like oh my god! I know, like oh, it's so ridiculous. This is supposedly at the top, the top of of the Titan Tower, like. Of the corporate building.
0: What if, you know, they were actually recording this match, and then, like, one of the things fell off that was meant to actually be there, and they just fell to their actual deaths?
1: I mean, I'm not laughing at that, uh, but, God, but like, holy crap, dude. Like, like how was that even safe? Like, first of all, if this really was at the top, how was that safe?
0: Like, I know you're talking about immersion here, and this is very un-immersive. <laughs> it really doesn't even try to really maintain this illusion that Thank wrestling you. is supposed yes. to bring. Like, yes, I feel like wrestling is either good when it's deliberately stupid funny, <laughs> you know? Like when I see yeah. like Maki Ito pull some shit, like I know I'm in for a good time because it's fun and ridiculous and goofy as <laughs> fuck, right? And it's, it's very, it doesn't try to present itself as, you know, like super serious, which I love, or, you know, you have something that's at least immersive that can kind of, you know, put me in some realm of disbelief or the illusion of, you know, disbelief. And that does not do it for me. It just obviously, (laughs) like under zero circumstances, like even when you see extremely violent shit in wrestling, right? You know, when someone is getting their face Like scraped with a uh, two by four with nails in it and shit like that. Yeah, I
1: hate that. That's not my style at all.
0: No, no. But at the same time, you can kind of make it look believable because. Yeah. Or, you know, when you have like a wrestling match with like tacks and shit, right? You know, the Uh, thumbtacks. Like that, you know. Even if they're, like, very small, they're not really going to hurt you, they still fucking look like they're going to hurt,
1: you know? I mean, well, attacks hurt, I mean. Oh, I'm sure they do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But even if you had, like, the smallest thing possible that actually didn't hurt for whatever reason, it would still look like it would fucking hurt. The illusion of the danger. But that's the point.
1: Yeah. The whole point of professional wrestling, well, it's money, of course, make money. Mm -hmm. But the whole point is to not get hurt, but make it look like it. So right. when I see these, I'm not a full disclosure. I'm not a fan of the hardcore wrestling. I, for example, yeah, I love Kurt Angle's wrestling. I love current current guy Chad Gable. I love watching him twist people into pretzels. Mm-hmm. I love FTR. I love, um, oh, some Finn Balor is like one of my favorites. Yeah, these guys, I mean, they can wrestle, and I mean, they can twist you and tie you up in the pretzel. That's the kind of stuff I like. And if also with these guys as well, if things really get crazy in that ring, they can also protect themselves and turn it into a real fight if they have to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like Chad Gable is an Olympian wrestler, like like amateur wrestler, an Olympian. Like he will stretch you six ways from Sunday, yo.
0: That man can fight.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and when I see stupid stuff like throwing somebody off a roof, I'm like, well, did I just watch somebody die? Like, like
0: what? It's, it's as if they brought in, you know, like, guns, right? And then, yeah. you know, they fire They didn't even put, like, a blank in it. It's completely empty of anything. And they just, like, as soon as a wrestler pulls it, like you know, like, the audio from the stadium or whatever plays it. <laughs> plays a gunshot. And then the other one drops <laughs> dead. And there's, like, red goop coming well, out of him.
1: Don't give them any ideas.
0: <laughs> Shit. They should, be, they should be paying me for ideas. Hell yeah. <laughs> These fucking writers. Have you considered (laughs) fighting with actual lightsabers? Um, You know, (laughs) you can do something. I'm sure. Oh,
1: and so another thing I talk about in this piece too is the develop the so-called developmental brand NXT 2.0 and how it's completely unwatchable. Um, So basically, my gist in this my argument in this section w the wwe insults their talent and their fans um what i mean by that is they will give their wrestlers these horrible horrible gimmicks these horrible uh career if not killing or career ending these horrible career setback gimmicks like for example um they take a badass like FTR the tag team and want them to dress up like ninjas. <laughs> like it, it looks more well. The pictures that I saw look more like they look looked more like pajamas, like Aladdin. Oh, that's, my just, that's God. just my interpretation. Um, what are they gonna? What are they
0: gonna fucking do next? Like make FTR and his other and his tag team mate like okay. And it's like Vince pulls him into the office. is like guess what we're going a different direction here you know he's all steroided up and he's like really sure of himself this time you're gonna be child molesters that's your new character oh god, right? oh god. you're gonna be pedophiles and you're gonna be open you're gonna be maps yeah. <laughs> and then oh crap did you get getting dark well imagine them doing that though like is that Ooh. given the shit that wwe has done to its talent like making them do such fucked up things like is Oh it, yeah. I know. Grant, I know. I'm talking hyperbole here, but is that something that's not far? It's not that far from something that WWE would do. Well,
1: actually, I got some evidence for that as well. Oh Jesus, like, Christ! You, if you look at the Raw's twenty-four, the uh, Monday Night Raw, their Monday Night program. If you look at Raw's twenty-four-seven title division. Mm-hmm it's a comedy sketch bro like for example this is just one example you got a badass like akira tozawa yeah who's an intense japanese badass wrestler that i wouldn't want to fight in the back alley even though he's short he's still a great wrestler Mm -hmm. they have him literally dressed as a ninja in several 24 7 title division skits oh literally hold on let's go back to the youtube machine folks out there if i'm like come on man akira tozawa ninja or yeah there you well, go okay show me that
0: but also remember i i will rem- have you all remember prime time not yeah not just prime time but remember Prime Time. remember that i remember Prime time too but yeah. also remember latino heat yeah, lie cheating
1: still. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, Eddie Guerrero, the the you know, not one bad thing to say about. May he rest in peace. You know, mm-hmm. one of the best wrestlers in history of the sport. Um, and it, if people don't know what we're talking about with Crime Time, um, you had two black wrestlers, um, dressing up as stereotypical. Um. Oh, God, these outfits. Criminals, I guess?
0: Yeah, it was like the whole thug shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I just linked to you, uh, Cornbread, in the chat. Akiro Dozawa yep, wow. versus, versus wow. R-Truth 24-7 WWE Raw June 2020.
0: And it's not just him. It's the other dudes as well. They're dressed up as ninjas. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, Lord, mm, that was fucking bad, dude. And ultimately, dude, this all goes to Vince McMahon. It all goes
0: to him. Yeah, this is mon. This is Monday Night Raw. This shit's happening.
1: This couldn't be more stereotypical than if they gave Akira Tozawa a suicide bomber gimmick, or I say, let's just say a kamikaze suicide. Oh, I see what you mean. You know what I'm saying? It couldn't be more stereotypical than if they did that. Yeah. Oh my. god. my dude, Art truth Acting like a moron and this guy R-Truth can spin in the air, literally. And they got him working as a comedy guy, man. Is this because he's black? I don't know. You mean Japanese? No, R-Truth, the guy, the other guy in there.
0: Oh, I see, I see.
1: He can literally spin in the air. Talented, athlete, rapper. Like, and you're using him as a comedy foil? I'm insulted, man. They're using two
0: badasses as comedy foils. Yeah. Badasses who it, are
1: extremely talented athletes. The <sighs> be over his I, MVP last I mean, I love these wrestlers. I just hate to see them like this. Yeah. yeah. All because one guy has sophomore humor and stereotypes in his head of Asian people. Oh no, you know um Oscar right Asuka yeah uh, remember they had her screaming like a crazy you know stereotypical japanese japanese woman that you'd see in world war ii um
0: i don't really know that one.
1: Oh no Asuka um yeah I, I showed her to you before right with uh i showed her her reading some manga at the airport
0: uh how do you spell her name
1: a-s-u-k-a uh from what i remember you oh, were crushing oh <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah how could i literally
0: Con- i don't conical. i don't know what
1: she's doing now i haven't seen her in a while kanako but... urai
0: yeah. asuka was her uh
1: ring name but her gimmick was just literally like well kicking ass they did do that because she was a champion but her gimmick was just yelling japanese random japanese to people like what yeah Kuji Osaka, Tokyo, you know stuff like that. Like, what the heck Wait, is happening? Here? Like, did they actually
0: script her saying just
1: like literal see,
0: random? What?
1: Because I see, I don't, I don't, I can't speak, to, uh, I can't understand Japanese. but I don't know I, what she said. I feel
0: like that would be going too far, even for their standards.
1: I mean, it sounded like she was just like rambling on, like blah 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 blah, blah but.
0: Well, the thing is, they don't really put subtitles or anything. They just kind of, like... Yeah. Yeah, they just... I feel like because their audience is mostly going to be, you know, like... WWE does not really think highly of its fucking audience. Let's be real. No, it's they don't. consumer. No. So... Yeah. They insult,
1: I, they insult their audience, yeah.
0: On the one hand, it seems even too extreme for WWE to literally script her saying, hey, just say random shit. Or say it in like broken random Japanese. that doesn't mean anything. Mm. I, I even yeah. I have a little problem with that. But I, th- it's so hard to tell because the WWE has this history of racist shit of making
1: well, its talent yeah. do racist shit. And Vince McMahon has said the N word on television. I remember no, I mean, on that. View before, yeah, it was with fucking Booker T there. No, no, John Cena. He goes up, to John Cena, and says, "What's up?" word, and then Booker T is yeah, yeah. off to the side. What the? F- yeah. What? It was a Survivor Series, if I'm not mistaken. Like,
0: uh, yeah, I remember. I I know the clip. What you're talking about? It's just fucking, like, I wouldn't put it past WWE to make Asuka do something like that but it seems like even too extreme, you know? I don't know, Then, and the thing is, you shouldn't be in that state where, I don't know if the WWE isn't doing intentional racism or not, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Oof. And that's what well, I, what I, so, I mean, guys, you could tell my exasperation here, Yeah. But, the WWE has just become so big that they don't care anymore. They don't give a damn about their their audience. They don't give a damn. So here's one, one, th- one note that I made, too, in this section. Um, the WWE will not allow any of their talents to become as big as, like, Hulk Hogan or Hulk, H- Hulk Hogan of the 80s and Stone Cold Steve Austin of the 90s because for the WWE, it's all about the wwe as an organization they don't want one of their wrestlers to become too big right too bigger than the organizations uh when these start the wwe doesn't want this to happen because they are the rockefellers of pro wrestling they want to mm-hmm. hold on to their monopoly and like all monopolies their product is subpart and it's become dog shit and they, I think what they, this is just me extrapolating on that. I think they fear that if a person from WWE, from the WWE becomes too big, like one of their talents, then it'll overshadow the WWE. Like how Stone Cold Steve Austin did, or like Hulk Hogan did. They don't, don't want that. I don't think Vince wants that anymore. Like,
0: I mean, look at John Cena, for example, right? Oh, yeah.
1: Like, yeah. John Cena can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's an
0: actor now. He doesn't have to do anything with WWE, he doesn't feel like it anymore.
1: But I will say this though about John Cena, he's a, he's, I don't wanna call him a company man, I, I just wanna say he's a loyal dude. Well, yeah. He will he'll bend over backwards for WWE if they ask him to. And I don't, I'm not saying that in a bad way cause I truly like John Cena, he's a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Um, Seems to be a cool dude.
0: How, but, many, uh, how many pro wrestlers do you know speak Mandarin as a second or third language?
1: Which, Absolutely, yeah. And uh, he and Batista, too, are two breakout stars, too. Um, but I would not compare them to to the popularity of Hulk Hogan or Steve Austin.
0: Well, no. Like, they're, they're... In a weird way, they're like manufactured legends. Does that make sense? Who? Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin. Manufactured? How do you mean? I mean, they were... Ma- I feel like... Because I'm not diminishing or not trying to diminish their athleticism, right? I, or their performance, their showmanship, yeah. any of that shit. I'm kind of more talking about like the role the WWE played in their public image as these larger-than-life wrestling superstars. Okay. Kind of like, like maybe Macho Man Randy Savage. You know... Like, did did he do something that was actually do any of these guys actually do something that was like so super fucking groundbreaking that wasn't scripted by WWE? You know, like, remember that match between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, right? Yeah. And Hulk Hogan fucking lifts his ass up. Mm-hmm. which that alone is impressive don't get me
1: fucking wrong well yeah from andre of course
0: <laughs> well, well yeah yeah but my whole point is like that was scripted that was planned out
1: uh yeah i mean the match was i th- yeah
0: but but, even, uh, but that particular moment in the match was also planned oh yeah i think so yeah or so, I don't know if they called it on the fly or not, I'm not sure. It, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm almost positive that it was, if I remember right, because I remember some fucking documentary I listened to a long-ass oh time ago.
1: Well, that rem- could be a myth as well, though, because uh, sometimes the wrestlers go out there and they call their match in the ring. Like, they don't pre-plan it. But there's a lot more pre-planning in the modern wrestling than there is in the, yeah. the older versions. But I'm pretty sure that moment in particular was pre-planned
0: by... Mm-hmm. Well, then it was still the WWF before they changed names. Okay, um, but that particular legendary moment in history was scripted. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, that body slam. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Even though Hogan wasn't the first to do it, but yeah,
0: yeah. Whereas though, Kurt Angle on the other hand, fucking wrestling of a broken neck, like whose idea was that?
1: Well, he Kurt Angle actually bro- uh, wrestled in the 1996 Olympics with a broken neck. Yeah. Um, So he came to the WWE with with a neck that was uh, messed up already.
0: Right, right. And and it's like that athleticism is even more fucking insane. Absolutely, yeah, I mean. You cannot compare Olympic wrestling with fucking pro wrestling. (laughs) I mean, no, no. Because that shit ain't scripted. That's all pure competition. Olympic wrestling is like, and he got fucking gold medals for it too Mm -hmm. but at the same time though like would we ever say that kurt angle in terms of like superstar fame is on par with steve austin or uh definitely not hulk hogan
1: Oh, um, I think it depends on the, well, not mainstream culture, obviously, but in terms of my eyes, I'd rather watch Kurt Angle wrestle. I'd rather I, watch Bret Hart wrestle than yeah, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like The only but time the- I watch Steve Austin
0: do any wrestling is usually when my friend shows it because it's funny and over the top and stupid. Like that one oh. where he's, we're Stone Cold, I think he's fighting Booker T. And they're in like a.
1: You mean in the grocery store? <laughs> yes. No, dude. What I remember from Stone Cold is uh. Oh no, I, I disagree with you entirely. Stone Cold. Um, he was he he was a pretty good. Um, he was an excellent. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Wrestler in terms of he could before he broke his before he had that injury and in, I believe SummerSlam '97 where his neck got messed up from that Owen Hart power driver. Mm-hmm. He was out there wrestling like Ric Flair, man. Oh yeah. Uh- um, he changed his style to more brawling after that, and what I loved about Stone Cold is the believability and real- realism that he had. There's mm-hmm. uh, over, I think, over the edge, 1998. Stone Cold gets on top of uh, Mick Foley's back and just starts punching, and I mean, I first time I saw I was like oh my gosh I I felt like I was watching a real fight because the aggression that Stone Cold brought the intensity you I he fooled me into thinking that he was like really like fighting in there I really appreciated that style of wrestling Mm, okay it wasn't like Hulk Hulk Hogan though is a good pro wrestler um But yeah, it wasn't like that where it was like over the top and it was a lot of posing and it was a lot of hawking up, as they say, come back and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But I appreciate Hogan's talent as a professional wrestling performer, I guess you can say.
0: Mm, I guess. I just think that there is like... I feel like the whole pro wrestling industry, at least under the WWE label, is like your talent doesn't really determine your future.
1: Yeah, I agree with that currently. Yeah, currently, yeah. yeah.
0: Like, yeah. you can be more talented hypothetically, as you described, than any... you could. There could be a wrestler more talented than Hulk Hogan, which I'm sure there are, no doubt, no yeah. question in my mind, mm-hmm. that will never achieve his level of stardom because the WWE has already put Hulk Hogan... On this pedestal in the public eye, right? I mean, the whole him being a fucking racist, obviously. Uh, yeah, they don't associate with Hogan anymore. No, didn't they well,
1: quietly well, reintroduce him to the Hall of Fame though? I well, I think he would. I think he did a, a like a recent show last year, but he got booed. He was next to Titus O'Neil. Was that a was that? I'm not sure if that was WrestleMania or not. But I don't think they're like. I, huh let me see Hawk Hogan and Titus O'Neil. where was it was that Re- were they the host of WrestleMania? yeah so they were the host of WrestleMania in 2021 and Hogan got booed <laughs> <laughs> yeah but Titus O'Neill of course he uh he's an awesome dude in and out of the ring and um yeah he got cheered but Yeah, Hogan, nobody, I don't think any modern professional wrestling fan actually likes Hogan because of things that you're talking about. He's a big fucking racist. Yeah.
0: I'm sure he's not the only one, like, especially from that fucking generation, too.
1: And I don't want to call him a racist. I mean, he made that comment, but I don't know if he's, like, a racist. But, yeah, he made racially insensitive comments. Uh, Yeah, I'll say that. I don't know. He he drops
0: the N-word in that conversation quite a bit um but yeah it it's just weird i guess going back to what you were describing about how the wwe will not allow any more of its talent to kind of be their their own to be bigger than the wwe as you described like yeah and And i I think
1: think too uh, that's a reaction to how popular hogan and how popular steve austin got I think that's a reaction to that, and I, I th- I'm just speculating, but I think the w- that the w- the WWE feels like if we let them get too big, they could hurt our brand because it's all about brand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they could hurt our brand, just like like say Ho- say Hogan was in the '80s and made those comments. Well, would the WWF back then still be as popular? back then maybe people would boycott the WWF because they support Hogan so I think they don't I think they don't want any of these wrestlers to get as popular because the brand and I because it's all about the WWE brand the brand the brand well I'm the chief brand officer it's our brand that kind of business bullshit that kind of stuff Mm. like you got stars in that company like my boy Finn Balor I love this dude this guy in my opinion has the potential to be mega superstardom American culture superstar and you had guys in the past like Zack Wright uh, was his his name is Matt Cardona now but he was known as Zack Ryder back then who was getting popular via the internet I believe YouTube channel and WWE basically snuffed him out took away his popularity Made him a freaking mid-carder. Didn't want to elevate him. And why did they do that? My guess is that they don't want anybody interfering with the WWE brand. We can't have anybody bigger than the the WWE brand. And as a result of this, they rely on a lot of part-timers. And what I mean by part-timers, I don't mean that in a negative way. They rely on people like Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, John Cena, stars of the past.
0: Yeah, but there are also guys who don't only wrestle. They do movies and other shit. You know, like but you, yeah. you know, but well,
1: Batista. I don't think he does WWE anymore. No, I think he had his last match a couple years ago at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's what they rely on. They rely on these guys to make these one-time uh, shots, or maybe for a couple months at a time. And then these they're considered part-timers because they leave for like the majority of the year and they come back for like a couple months or maybe just one match. And uh, yeah, I don't mean anything negative by that, especially by calling Brock Lesnar a part-timer because Brock Lesnar will beat the heck out of (laughs) mostly anybody in this planet. Brock uh, Lesnar is the most scary looking
0: built dude. Yeah. Just the dude, and I'm not saying it as an insult to like intelligence or anything. He just looks like that dude has like five or 10% Neanderthal DNA, you know, just the way his face is built. Like I said, it's not Digga's intelligence. It's like that man looks like physically inhuman <laughs> in some in some of his shots.
1: And oh I, oh yeah yeah I agree with that yeah he looks like a, a monster man
0: yeah and I'm like yeah. what the fuck <laughs> like I just want to get his DNA just to see where where is this coming from? This is clearly not human. This is like some primeval man shit. Like yeah. whatever, like <laughs> Joe Rogan is trying to be, Brock Lesnar just <laughs> genetically
1: is. Yeah, and what I like about Lesnar too is that he comes from a legitimate amateur wrestling background, which is awesome. He's Whoa. a champ. I mean, he's a NAAC. N. There I go again. He's an NCAA champ. NCAA champ. Oh yeah, heavyweight. I mean, he's a champ. This dude,
0: he's done it like in a UFC before too. He's done MMA and
1: UFC. Um, But I think that's time uh, to conclude. Um, We'll we'll elaborate more into this uh, reason, I guess next time maybe? Yeah, but- And then we'll go to the greed of 2020 2021. All
0: right. So if you have one message about, you know, this main segment that you want the audience to walk away with, what what is the message
1: um well part of my conclusion part of my message here is boycott the wwe um don't give them ratings take it off your dvr send a message to this company hey you are only what your fans are send a message man we want well my goal i want the management to change I want a management in there that will not mistreat the talent or make them look like idiots on national television. I want a management that puts morals over money. Like, hey, we don't want to do business with that country, you know? We don't want to do that. You know, stuff like that. And I'll explain more too next time.
0: Hell yeah. So, we learned a lot about
1: wrestling. And we'll learn more, (laughs) too. We're going to learn more about wrestling. The releases in 2021, last year. Record profits, record number of releases.
0: (laughs) What? We're just.
1: (laughs) Damn. This is how we're
0: kicking off 2022. Going after the WWE. Boycott.
1: Boycott. WWE. And I want the wrestlers to boycott too. Imagine if all those wrestlers strike. What can Vince McMahon do?
0: Well, he's gonna wrestle. Uh,
1: well, <laughs> he's oh. gonna hire scabs. Scabs. <laughs> you <know> how, I-
0: <laughs> how many scab wrestlers out there? I wonder. I'm sure there's a really? few. There's. He'll probably get five wrestlers total to to scab it- for him.
1: You know, uh, Jesse Ventura tried to unionize the WWE uh, talent back in the day, but Hogan stooged off to Vince McMahon. Oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> you why you...
1: not only not only is Hulk Hogan a fucking
0: racist, he's a snitch.
1: Hell yeah. And that's not even getting into their, quote unquote, independent contractor status. Fuck Hulk Hogan.
0: Oh my God. I love, I don't care how fucking insane Jesse Ventura is. I fucking love that man.
1: Oh, dude, you should hear him on commentary in the late eighties, man, in the early nineties. He was the best color commentator in wrestling. I love hearing him. Do you remember that
0: show he used to have, that conspiracy one? Yeah. Where he was like, he's going up to like some air force base. That's like part of like an episode. And he's like, you need to let me in there. I used to be the governor (laughs) of Minnesota. I may not have agreed with everything about his uh, political and fiscal policies, but it's just as a human being, I like Jesse
1: Ventura. Well, you got to respect the dude, too. I mean, he's a Navy SEAL. He was in a motorcycle gang. There's nothing in this life that he hasn't done. Yeah, it's he got into it. The
0: the Chris Kyle bullshit. Do you remember Chris Kyle and all that shit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. America's Sniper. Yeah. Like, where yeah. Chris Kyle claimed he actually had punched Jesse Ventura or some shit, and then Jesse Ventura was like, actually, that's fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> and then with <went> the court. <laughs> Say that shit again about Ministry Modus again, motherfucker. <laughs> Ministry Mogus is my favorite podcast out there. You this is an official endorsement by Jesse Ventura. You need to listen to Martin and Cornbread
1: uh, God damn it, I can't keep going. <laughs> I um. can't do it either. But uh Oh dude, his commentary is hilarious. Like I believe it was nineteen was it nineteen ninety? It was either 1989 or 1990 SummerSlam, and uh, Tony Schiavone was on one side of the commentator uh, booth. Jesse Ventura was on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's a there's some type of issue where um, <laughs> something. Ha- oh my gosh, I'm blanking right now. Uh, but something happened and. Uh, <laughs> Jesse Ventura says something like, what should he have done? Tony shoot him or something like that. I'm I'm (laughs) sorry, I I butchered the story. I apologize, but my memory is shot. I'm gonna
0: gonna follow Jesse Ventura on
1: Twitter. And also I gotta piss like a racehorse. All right, you go
0: piss. (laughs) Ministry Modus is officially following Jesse Ventura's Twitter. (laughs) Maybe one day we can get Jesse Ventura to follow us back.
1: Yeah, we'll talk more about his unionization, his attempted unionization.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Friend of the show, Jesse (laughs) Ventura. All right, folks. (laughs) Thank you once again for joining us. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Ministry Modus. Check out our email at martinandcornbread at gmail.com. It's all one word. And follow us on YouTube. We've been very busy
1: getting all the content we can up there. We've made lots of gains of that. So, I mean, I did all of episode 30 yeah. uh, last week. Um, I'm gonna try to get more up as I go along, but with school, um, it won't be as productive as it was last week. Well, know, that's
0: cause... where I come in. So yeah, follow us, like, and subscribe our, to our stuff on YouTube. It's also just ministry modus. Uh, please send us some comments that aren't telling us how you think Pinochet
1: was right or anything like that. <laughs> we would really appreciate it, well, that. If you, if you think so, explain, man. Cause I wanna I wanna comment that guy like, why do you think he was right?
0: Yeah. If and if you like, can't we'll just probably laugh at you. But that yeah, said like- thank you. <laughs> Alright. Didn't mean to cut you off there. No, oh,
1: you're fine.
0: Do you get a rhyme to conclude us with?
1: Ooh, I have no rhyme not this time because the only thing on my mind is taking a big old number one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> doesn't
1: sound like fun. Not trying to Some string
0: buttons. no puns.
1: My bladder feels like it's gonna burst like a bun. In the oven. You know? <laughs> Thank
0: you once again for joining <laughs> us, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for that rhyme.
1: What Rhyme. You insult me. <laughs> You're like the WWE with this fan base. You insult me. What?
0: All right. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to catch us next week, everybody. Until then... I don't know what to say. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>